Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Lose Weight, Create Life podcast. My name is Ryan Tomko, and today I'm super excited to be bringing this episode to you. Reaching double digits is something that I was really looking forward to, and it was really something that I just kind of wanted to get off my chest. Today, I have an interview with somebody I've been looking up to for a little while now after seeing his story playing out on Hard Knocks in 2018 with the Cleveland Browns. Devin Kajus has become a big inspiration to me, not only through his football ability while he was playing football, but afterwards as well with his new adventures in healing and crystals. You'll get to hear more about that throughout the episode. I'm so excited for you to listen to today's episode and get some insight from Devin and his story. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share this with a friend, somebody you feel this message may be of use to. With that, let's get into today's interview. Devin, I'm so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful for you joining me today. Kind of like I was talking to you before, I, super fanboy moment for right now. However, I'm super excited to talk about your story. Thank you for joining me. Thank you again for having me, Ryan. Like, Super excited to be here, honestly. I, I appreciate that, man. Devin, take us into your... So you're an ex-football player now, an ex-professional football player. Take us into your beginnings of football. What did it look like growing up for you? How did you get started and all that? So I played eight sports as a kid, um, just always needing to be active. Like many of us who can't sit still, Yeah, that was my way of kind of dealing with it. Um, and so when it came to football, I started at the age of 10, which is rather late for a lot of kids can, you know, today. And sure. I did it mainly for my dad. Um, I wanted to make him proud. I wanted that smile. I wanted whenever he was around, because he wasn't around often, um, to get that love. And I was like, this is something I know he would love. And I'm like, let's do it. Although I was scared out of my mind. I was like, I'm ready. So I did it. Right. Yeah. Now, I understand you didn't really, you weren't really in love with football in the first couple of years of you playing. Is that right? Absolutely. First five. It wasn't until right. like the end of my freshman year in high, uh, high school where it was because of the team I was on, honestly. It was because of all okay. the, the brothers I had and the camaraderie I had. Like I'm like, damn, this is amazing. Like, I mean, that freshman year, man, it still gives me the chills even talking about it. So big shout out to, you know, class of 11 at Holy Cross that freshman year. I mean, oh, God, love those guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So... And then I understand you, when you started looking into colleges or when the college dream really started to become real for you, you had never heard of Stanford before. Is that right? That is also 100% correct. <laughs> I was pulled upstairs and um, Greg Roman, who's the offensive coordinator at Stanford, was like, hey, we're going to show your tape to Jim Harbaugh in two weeks. And I'm sitting wow. there and I'm, and I'm going, I don't know who Stanford is, and I don't know who Jim Harbaugh is, but thank you. So great to meet you, like, in my mind, obviously. And then I'm like, great to meet you. Thanks. I go back down to my French class. I come. All of a sudden, I get called back up an hour later because it was like an hour period. And my coach is like, uh, Jim Harbaugh decided to give you the scholarship. And I was like, wow. wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm still thinking, like, wait, is this a D3 school? Because, like, I thought D3 schools can't give scholarships. I, it, that's how ridiculous it was. <laughs> so that's then I go back down to class. And I go to Miss White and I go, hey, um, is this a good school? And I know everyone laughs at me about that. And I'm like, yeah. I was just outside so much. Like, I just mm -hmm. cared about outside and like keeping my grades high, but not really understanding the next step after sure. that. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I began to discover Stanford was I got detention 
by my teacher and it didn't go on my record. She just wanted to make sure that I studied Stanford and she took away the French homework in exchange for me and my future. And if it wasn't for that, then I mean, I wouldn't, that would be one of the reasons that I ended up at Stanford. So again, major thanks to my teacher, my French teacher, Miss White. That's amazing. Yeah. I've heard you say that in a couple of different interviews now. And that yeah. it's so funny to hear that every time, you know, it's, it's very, it's very funny. Now it is now ridiculous you, every time I say it. Every time I'm like, damn, I really <laughs> had no clue. Um, <laughs> I get it. Was. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, man. That's 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 great. Now you're at Stanford. You're you know going through your time there. You're playing football. Now, what does it look like for you going to the next level? Because you eventually went undrafted. However, you were kind of thought of coming out as going, you know, into like the third, fourth, fifth round, and somewhere in that wheelhouse. Yeah. When did when did you kind of get the notion that hey you know I think football is a future for me I think I can really really do this and pursue this? Honestly, it was my my jun- like sophomore it was junior year honestly um, that was when I was in my best shape like my entire college career and I was like I put in this much work I put in my so much work and time and effort and. I was like, you know what, if I've come this far, if I've spent this many years, if I'm going through this much grueling physical work, like, I might as well try to aim for it. Like, what's the worst going to happen, right? Like, I, they say no, and I move on. And so I was going, why not? And right. so pursuing senior year, and then I kind of fell off the bandwagon my fifth year. Um, I guess not off the bandwagon, just in my own eyes. Sure. And so it was like, I thought I had this opportunity where people were asking me to stay my fifth my my fourth year like after my fourth year they're like stay juice like you're definitely gonna drafted this year but just stay and i was like okay and so i decided to stay and then i jacked up my ankle <laughs> and yeah. then it was like hey i'm gonna come back and i still you know had a chance of being drafted which was neat and unfortunately didn't and i'm so blessed for that to be honest like thanks yeah so much suffering and pain whatever that was through those years but it created so much strength and endurance. And if sure. I didn't have those opportunities or if I didn't miss that mark, I don't, I mean, I really don't think I'd be anywhere near where I am today because I wouldn't have hit the lows that I hit being with what, dealing with what I was dealing with. Like, so right. I'm really grateful for that and going through that college experience and not being drafted and all the turmoil I honestly I went through. And I had a lot of great times as well. I mean, just talking about the strength and what creates growth. Right. These moments of struggle. Struggle creates strength. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to hear you say that because you see so many, not all of them, but many football players or just professional athletes in general that will go through that same, you know, struggle, but then come out the other end really angry, upset, and very ego driven. And, you know, how, how did no team pick me up? You know, how, did, how is it that this happened? So it's, it's really. It's really endearing and really cool to hear you say that about it, about the whole experience in general. Thank you. Now, it, I mean, it's taken those moments, though. I've had it where I'm angry and I'm pissed off and yeah. I go through those emotions. And that's what I advise everybody is like, don't suppress those things or don't continue to keep playing replay over and over and over and over again because it doesn't do you anything. I say walk through that emotion. Give yourself a two solid days of just like getting the anger out, writing it down, screaming it down, walking it out, lifting it out, like playing the music, whatever you need to do so that you're walking through all of that and you can finally let it go. Because honestly, it's teaching you something, whether you recognize it in the moment 
or when it's a couple of months from then, a week from then, a day from then, where you could look back and go, well, this happened for what reason? Uh, now I understand. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's amazing to hear you say it. I don't think there's so many people that you meet that are just that don't think that way, you know, that will bottle that up and keep it with them forever, seemingly. It's, so it's, and I've had it's, my fair share, man, and that's but that's how I got to this point. It's because I've been there. I've held the grudges. I've held the anger. I've just that's what fueled me through college, bro. Is anger, so sure. much anger and rage and wanting to prove them wrong, that I became yeah. burnt out and I became half empty. And I was like, it didn't get me anywhere. It, it it just caused me a lot of pain and suffering. And yeah, I got you could say undrafted as a success, but it was like the pain that came with it. I don't. I found that I could have handled that a lot better. So learning that now moving forward. That's what I just advise is like, guys, I understand where you've been. I understand that pain. It's like, I promise you, like it, it happened for a reason. Being in the most relaxed state, reflecting on it, learning from it to move forward will make you so much stronger at a, such a faster pace and you'll get where you want to be much quicker by doing so. Right. Yeah, that's beautifully said, man. Now, you. you eventually, like we said, go undrafted. You get picked up by, it's the 49ers you got picked up first, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually cut. Yeah. Yeah, as a wide receiver. Yeah, as a wide receiver, eventually cut. And then you get picked up by Green Bay as a tight end. Yep. You put on a bunch of, you know, weight. Not a bunch, but a good amount of weight to kind of build. Yeah. Two and a half months. Right. Everyone called me Juice as in the PEDs because they thought it was all (laughs) unnatural. Yeah. No, man. 10 pounds of fat came with that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, you know, naturally. That's kind of to be expected. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you spend you spend a little time with Green Bay and then you're eventually unfortunately cut again. Now, what's going through your mind at that point because, you know, for many of us looking on this side are thinking, "Man, you're you're at the pinnacle right now. Like even just, you know, getting to try out or be on the practice squad for a team is like incredible." However, I'm sure you're still hungry at the same time. So, what what are going through those, you know, getting picked up and then cut? What are those moments like for you? What did, what did you think about those at the time? So the first time that I got cut, what was so tough is I had two coaches and assistants tell me, um, you can play in this league. And I honestly don't know why we're letting you go. However, yeah. um, just know that you can play. And there's a lot of things that are out of our control. So for me, it was like, at first, very angry. And then I yeah. learned really like how it was slightly a political game and again i wasn't the best receiver but i knew i competed well and so it was like it's hard to hear that from your coach especially if he thinks that it would be another thing if he just gave me the bullshit so the first one was hard and the second one when i got cut was honestly only because i tore my acl so they were going to release me march and they wanted to sign me up next year and so when i tore my acl i knew my mindset had changed so much at that moment because this is where my life actually changed was two months prior to that acl tear I hit the lowest point in my life and then the trajectory changed and I changed entirely to becoming the person that I am now. So this was the very early stages of looking at a positive mindset and taking the negatives and really flipping them around. And so when I told my ACL, man, I was like, this is, there's something so much bigger for me coming for this coming year. And I don't know what it is. And so when I got released, it's part of the contract and I was working my ass off to get back to the pack. So it was more uplifting and I was excited about it. Um, for whatever was in front of me and I'm willing to learn whatever I needed to learn. And so then coming to the 
Packers and I'm out in Green Bay and try it out and it didn't work out and try it out again and they were going to sign me except one person said no and it was like okay that's slightly frustrating um, because you're everyone on the office is saying yes again but one and it was like okay it's okay politics like I'm not meant to be here and that's sure. how I looked at it so then all of a sudden what happens front office of Green Bay moves to the front office of the, um, of the Browns most of them and then I get picked up and that's why and then yeah. to have the experience that I had with the team, Crystals, Hard Knocks, all of that wouldn't have happened if that instance didn't happen in Green Bay, if I was right. in Green Bay. And so it's right. like being released this time, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I'm used to it at this point. And again, <laughs> I knew that the path that I'm headed on, the direction I'm supposed to go in, I, half of me believed it wasn't with football anymore. So when I got released, right. I wasn't honestly surprised in some ways. Sure. And others, I was very excited. That's awesome. Now, before we move on to the Browns, I do want to touch back on Green Bay a little bit because yeah. you I've heard you talk before about how during your time at Green Bay, you met somebody outside of the, you know, the team that would eventually change your life, a, a coach that you had come in contact with. And I, from what I understand from hearing you talk before, this person really helped you, you know, kind of mold your mindset and get, like you said before, kind of shifted your mindset a lot, got you moving in the direction you're headed on now. So can you elaborate a little more for that? Yeah, so that man is Vince Catarucia, Dr. Vince Catarucia. And my first year in Green Bay when I hit that low point and I needed to put on 25 pounds, I was introduced to him outside of the facility. And this man's presence is that of a mountain but the way he is so peaceful, I mean, it's, I become so speechless on it because like his presence is so graceful and so strong that it's like, uh, I just want everyone to meet this person. Yeah. And so long story short, not even like pause there for a moment. This man, Vince, he transformed me in my mindset in the two and a half months, got my core stability. I'm blocking like I never had. I'm stronger than I've ever been. And mm -hmm. comes the ACL tear, boom, I leave Green Bay, I go to Stanford for six months, try to rehab, and I'm like, I can't do it out here. Like, I'm not progressing fast enough. And I called the person who I knew, the only person I knew who could probably achieve the impossible, and it was him. He's like, find a way out to Green Bay, let's figure this out. And so he let me live with him and his family, and he rebuilt me completely, like, the right way in four and a half months and again wow. i was stronger than i was last year strongest i've ever been i felt the lightest i ever was and the flow and the confidence and the strength that i had from this man that all from his teaching like and that was just one aspect right like he's a clinical rehab specialist so he deals with anything with the musculoskeletal system or that with the muscles um behavioral how you guys move how you're in touch how you walk how you feel and then also he's done personal training and so he's kind of both. And then he's a doctor. You know, he has a doctor in behavioral sciences. So the knowledge right. on this man, and he's only 45. Like, yeah. very, very young. And he, is, again, is the sole reason. He didn't save my career once. He saved it twice. Wow. And, it, again, if it wasn't for him I, and his family, you know, Jennifer Henderson and Gabe, like, I, there's no way. There's just no way. And so I'm trying to just get him out to California soon and out of Green Bay and get this man in touch with the world and so anybody listening is interested and wants to try and help that please reach out to me uh, and i'd love to like figure that out because I'm trying to get this man to move and believe in himself to be like yeah 
he can come out to California. People will love him. <laughs> like, he'll change the world. Yeah. So it's hard to get that leap of faith going out here. And I mean, but he's just such an amazing person, him and his family. That's beautiful, man. What, yeah, what was you. it about? What was it about him that kind of drew you to him and really made you kind of, you know, sit there and hang on every word he had? What What was it for you? It was our first interaction. Okay. Um, I came in and he's like, "Hey, so what's the deal?" And I told him, I'm "Like this is this is my problem. This is my goal. These are my aspirations." And it ended up, it was the last session of the day, and it was supposed to be like an hour, an hour and a half, or something like that, in his office, and it turned into three hours. <laughs> And wow. it flew by. And for the first time when I got off that table, I was able to feel things that I never, in a way I never felt before. And I was like, this man just changed my life and ripped out a bunch of things that I was told for years that I would never get rid of. Knots, scar, scar tissue, this, that, and the other. And he did yeah. so much of it in just <laughs> that session. And that was the first session. He took the extra time on that first time. And he doesn't do that normally, like if at all. He doesn't give people that, and he can't. Sure. And so the fact that here's this person who I just met, and on our first interaction, made me feel the best I've ever felt in a long ass time, and then gave me such time with his presence, with his kindness, and his knowledge. It was like there was just so much he brought to the table, and I'm like, this person's special. This right. person has something that I don't think anybody in the world has, and so yeah. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't have you plug his name again so we can all look him up. What's his name again? Yeah, Dr. Vince Catter Rusia. So it's C A T T E R U C I U C C I A. He's Italian. He is on my Instagram as Dr. V Cat, Dr. V and C A T T. He doesn't have a lot of Instagram followers. He's not really big into social media either. So um, I'll definitely post something soon about him and just giving thanks to him so you guys can all see that. And yeah, so. I love it, man. I'll be sure to look him up after it. I'm sure many of us will be too with such a beautiful, you know, recommendation from yourself. That's amazing, man. I love it. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, going after your time with Green Bay, you're then eventually picked up by the Browns after you recover from your ACL uh, tear. What now? And then you eventually also get your 15 minutes of fame, so to speak, with Hard Knocks, I'm sure, which has done, you know, kind of been crazy for you. Take us through that time getting signed by the Browns. What did that look like? And then getting approached, you know, to be on the episodes of Hard Knocks. What did that all look like for you? Um, it was very smooth. Uh, I didn't really notice that they were actually picking me to be a feature um, okay. until they really saw the relationship that my dad and I had on the field when I brought him out. They're like, can we record this? And <laughs> we're like, sure. And then a couple of days later, they're like, hey, can we get an interview with you two? And it's like, sure. And it kind of just kept flowing. And after that first episode, then people latched on. I still kept focusing because I had a job to win. You know, it's not about the TV. And so trying to dance with both wasn't really hard because Hard Knocks only took about maybe three or four hours of my day out of the six weeks. You know, they really? didn't really take much of my personal time. Wow. And that's what they did such a great job of is like they just filmed the interview, um, my day off and in my room. You know, like it's really it. And then after that, it's they just filmed on their own and I just kept doing what I needed to do. So it really was a beautiful story and I'm really grateful for Hard Knocks and all the people that were on it Jamie specifically like she doesn't get a big shout but 
because she's behind the scenes, but her and her team did so well. Julia, excuse me, not uh, Jamie. I said Jamie, it's Julie. And she did so well, NFL Films, and she's just amazing. So big shout out to her as well, her and her team. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting that it only took about three hours out of your day because mm-hmm. you were you were featured for a big part of the you know the episodes and yeah that's interesting because you would have thought at least from the outside looking in that that would have taken a heck of a lot longer to put together so that's interesting yeah i mean i'll even say five hours tops like getting there setting up yeah doing the hour maybe shoot hour and a half and then yeah now there's so much footage and then when you watch film tv don't forget they only have like 10 minutes tops that they're like giving these two minute little reels you know, so it's so much information, so much film that they can condense down to such a short span of time. And that's what I found was so amazing is like it didn't take up as much as it would appear. Right. That's yeah, that's interesting. Now, one of the first things that really drew me to you on the show was, of course, being a huge Browns fan, first of all, I have to mention. <laughs> but then second of all, to see, you know, to see you on the screen come across so just so humble and genuine like we were talking like i mentioned before with a lot of professional athletes you see a lot of ego involved with it and just a lot of just that self-centeredness and then here you are very selfless and very very just self you know selfless and really focused on yourself i at the time i didn't mention to you this before but a couple of months before hard knocks uh, featured or went on HBO my mom had passed away in uh, mm-hmm. November 2017 and I'm really sorry my guy yeah and at the yeah. time at the time man I was I was struggling real hard I gained a lot of weight back that I had lost previously I was I wasn't into like really self-destructive things like alcohol or you know drugs or anything like that but at the same time I was so lost so here I am <laughs> just as down as ever and then you know that summer comes around and i'm like well shit man i love the browns so i gotta tune into this and see what's up and then i see you on there and honestly it it took me back a minute because i'm like damn there's this guy that seems to have it all he's on a professional football team but then he's so in tune with himself his mind and just he's not really self-absorbed you know seemingly and that was one of the things that drew me to you initially so where where did all that come from? Where did that kind of selfless attitude, selfless mindset, and just kind of your whole mindset going into that come from? Was that from Dr. Vince before, or was it something else? I mean, there's multiple variables that contributed to where I am now, and it has to do with, honestly, a lot of the time in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, a lot of us will isolate when we are in pain and in suffering and depression, and I've done that great deal of that as well. Sure. And so having these moments of isolation, learning to flip it around, I was being forced to deal with myself for the first time. There wasn't any distraction. I didn't have my all of my technology. I didn't have people that I knew. I didn't have places to go because I'm in Green Bay. There's not much to do out there. So I really was forced to sit with myself. And solitude became the answer. And I had to deal with a lot of the emotions that I suppressed over time, which is why... I emphasize to people making time for yourself to learn about yourself and to forgive yourself and to love yourself and figure out what you like to do for the sake of you is so important. And it's been a three year journey, man. Like the person that I was and what I presented as much as that I knew 
I felt like a good person on the inside, but what I presented to people on the outside wasn't good. And I had yeah. to take ownership of that. I had to take accountability of that, that I'm making people feel this way and my actions aren't following what I think that I'm doing or what I feel that I'm doing. And yeah. so it took a lot of healing. It took a lot of ownership. It took a lot of pain, but reflection and reflection that fully came to something that I'm still working on today. Like I am not perfect at it whatsoever. And I'm so far from where I want to be, except I've just had, again, the time to do it months out in the middle of nowhere, you know, that, that can do a lot to you. And a lot of people don't have that time or don't make that time. And I was forced for that time. And then I yeah. learned to appreciate it, not only in Green Bay for the two years, um, Cleveland gave me that as well. Wow. So now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Now, when you talk about your kind of self-care and you're taking time for yourself, what are a couple things that you do every day that are, you know, must-haves? Like, you can't complete a day without doing certain things to make sure you're ter- taking care of either your physical body, your mental state. What, what are kind of some of your must-dos each day? So the thing is, is I don't have a must-do each okay. day um, because I know that each day is, I mean, it's never the same. And sure. I recognize that if I force myself to have a mindset, if I have to do these, and if I don't do these, then I will feel low, negative, unhappy, unstable, then I will create that reality. I will create that if I don't do that, then something bad will happen. And so I didn't want to have that type of structure. However, things that I do to recognize when I'm out of balance, the things that I do to keep me in balance is meditate at least five minutes in the morning, like minimum. I'll go make my meal. I will make my coffee and then I will sit out on my patio and I will ground myself both up and down and give myself the five minutes minimum. And then sometimes it'll evolve like today before this phone call into 30 <laughs> minutes and won't even recognize. It's like, but that's what I need. And yeah. so that's what happened. Other things I like to do is maybe reading, reading occasionally, like at night, just at least the 20 minutes or I'm watching a documentary or watching a podcast or playing the piano, playing the ukulele, going on to a hike. Like these things, these small things, I've noticed I've had to rotate on how I can fit them into my day to make sure that I'm doing something that makes me happy. And then the rest is my business, what we'll talk later, but those, I guess, must-haves in rotation is what I would say. Yeah. Um, Just making it a point that, hey, okay, I didn't get to do any of the things I like to do today. That's okay. Maybe I I filled it with something else. That's also okay. Just be aware. And that's the biggest thing is awareness. But being aware that those things, okay, you've gone consecutive day without doing them, make sure you do them because you know what happens when you become out of balance. Right. And just so it's like, it's just like doing, it's like cleaning up your apartment once a week versus trying to do it every other week versus once a month. You know, the clean becomes a lot harder if you do it less frequent. And so I remind myself like, hey, just make sure you meditate a little bit. Even just give yourself two seconds or three breaths. Make sure you go for a little walk today. Make sure you play the piano for like 10 minutes. You know, go listen to like 15 minutes of podcast. You know, make sure you go and read. Like, hey, go outside and like maybe go up on nature. Like work with your crystals. Like just meditate with something. Hold on to something. Maybe you just need to stop and think. Maybe you don't need to think. It's like I try to give myself this plethora of tools that I have in this toolbox in order to make myself feel full and one whatever that color of the day is so that I'm not limiting myself to being like, if those things don't happen, I'm not okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's amazing, man. I love I love to hear all that. It's interesting because you hear, at least in the people I listen to, you hear like, hey, you have to do 
X, Y, and Z or your day's not complete. Don't bother going to bed. <laughs> so it's interesting to hear you say, you know, you kind of do everything in rotation and just how you feel. I love that. That's that's awesome to hear. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, Absolutely. I, I use it again because there's nothing I love, like hearing the other end of what you just said there is like, you have to do these things. I'm like, yes, I, I feel that and respect that as well. Because there are people that are that need that level of structure and need that. I'm I'm a person that doesn't want to be limited so much by structure, and I'm I like to be more flexible, and that's my definition of flexibility, right? Mm. The other people's definition of flexibility is being able to have structure and then move the pieces around at will because it is outlined for them, mm. and that's where for me it's the balance of yes, I have structure, yes, I leave myself gaps. Hey, I notice that each day is different. Let me be able to be structured and flexible. And that's how I do it. And that may not work for everybody. And so I respect all ways of doing it. So just trying to give the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. No, that's amazing. I, lo- I love your input there. That's that's interesting. Now, yeah. Now, circling back a little bit, back to your time in Cleveland, you we were kind of talking before about your relationship with your father and how it was kind of presented through Hard Knocks. So I would love for you to elaborate as much as you're able to on you know how things were looking before hard knocks what was presented out in hard knocks and then kind of where you're at now i'd love to hear more about it yeah so i know a lot of people deal everyone has family issues everyone has family problems there's not a single person in this world that doesn't have that and i don't care how much they're like you know i grew up with a great childhood and a perfect family and my great relationship it's like there's still always some form of an issue and it may not be intense however everyone's got family problems and for me, my relationship with my dad was so strong starting basically when I went into college. And that was the first time we really started to evolve into that and a little bit in high school um, because I lived with him for the four years in high school, so 14 to 18. And sure. then leaving the college, it kind of like evolved a little bit more and expanded more and it started to build more. And then coming into the NFL, it was good, and except when I went to the Browns. Um, Prior to that interview in Hard Knocks, I, and we told Hard Knocks as well, we didn't talk for about a year and a half. I personally needed my space from my family. I needed to, again, like I was going into solitude and I needed to step away from the nest, which I think is so important for today because so many of us, and there's nothing wrong with it to an extent, but so many people I see are staying at home for so long, afraid to go out into the world and afraid to use those survival instincts that are innate in us. And then we develop this dependency on our family, on the people around us. And then we never learn the skills that when they are gone, what we need to do to actually stand on our own. We don't go through those struggles. And for me, I felt that my family may have been a little bit too toxic for me and I needed to learn who I was. So I stepped out of the nest and I kept them at bay. And it was very hard to do um, because no one wants to do that to their family. We grow up in a society where, you know, family is everything. And obviously right. you're there for your family at all times. And it's not that I didn't love them. I didn't want to, them to be there. I just had to do what was best for me. And yeah. for the first time I was taking that initiative. So that's what I did with my father and my family. And so then coming up to Hard Knocks, um, we had a phone call, a big phone call. And because I had a concussion the week before and he shot me this enormous message just saying like, hey, I love you. I hope you're doing well. And I just want to check in. And for me, that was huge. Um, that he even reached out and did that. And so I called him. Then we had a five-hour conversation, and he told me about, you know, basically he never thought that the greatest lesson to learn was to love himself and that he would learn that from me Hmm. because that's all I kept trying to teach him. I'm like, dude, like, 
because you don't feel full on the inside. It's pouring over to everyone around you and your immediate family. And I'm not going to, I just can't take it until you discover that within. And so when him to come back and hearing his voice and all of that, I was like, dude, I need you out here. And after that conversation, then he flew out the next day or two days after. And when I saw him, when I was at practice, it was just like so awesome. Uh, I had a horrible practice, like the worst practice I probably had ever. And but to see him and be there and that support, like you don't see that in the hyper masculine world, you know, like two men, grown ass men, like showing a bond that it's like their best friends. Yeah. And it was so good to hit play and pick up to where we left off. Sure. So, and then Hard Knocks came in. They're like, "Hey, like, do you mind if we film you right now?" I was like, "Sure." And you know, we just talked, and they recorded it. And then they it proceeded to lead to the next thing, where it was like, "Hey, do you mind if we do an interview?" And they just saw this relationship and they just wanted to capture that. And so it unfolded beautifully. And so we had this interview, and then to find out what I found out with his health, and I'm just like, "What the f?" and whatnot. Still, nonetheless, it was like just so happy to have my dad there and be able to share something after not being with him for a year and a half. And yeah. so then evolving afterwards, um, I get injured and I'm still pushing through it, whatever. And then I get released on the Browns. And, you know, your parents try to guide you in the best way possible. and They do what they think is best from what they know. And my dad tried to give me suggestions about the direction I should head in my career, and I disagreed. And so I decided to leave the NFL because I didn't want to chase the money. I didn't want to chase the fame. I didn't care about putting my body through that amount of pain anymore to be loved by others or the respect or whatever notoriety comes with it because I learned not to place my approval in that. I learned to place it in the things that I truly love, which is to help people on a physical, spiritual, and mental self. Because that's the struggle, that was the lesson that I learned, is no matter how high I got, no matter how much I achieved, I still felt this emptiness. And so I decided to leave. And unfortunately, me and my dad had a little bit of a disagreement. And it's not that we don't still talk. Uh, we just don't talk nearly as much. And that sure. has gone down. And I feel like everyone can relate to that. Where, yeah. you know, the parents know what's best for them. And, I mean, they raised you. You're a product of them. You became who you are because of them, whether you think it or not. You, all the things you hate about them, you have to thank them for that because that also shaped you for all the things that you love about them. And with that being said, it's like I thoroughly appreciate my dad and we still have a relationship. It's just not what I, I would want, right? It's not what we as the people with our parents, the relationship that we expect to have. And the biggest lesson I would share that is learning to have patience and accepting that your parents are on the journey that they're on and you're on the journey that you are on. And sometimes they may not connect anymore, and that has to be okay. And sometimes they'll just hold on by a thread, and that too is okay. Everyone yeah. has their own lessons, and just allowing yourself to go through and experience that and not hold this expectation on them and refuse the expectation that they hold on you, you'd be surprised what unfolds from it. And that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I'm so grateful for you sharing that because, like you had mentioned, I mean not not everything leading up to that point of you being on hard knocks was you know maybe ideal but then it eventually kind of cultivated again and now you're just going through you know dealing with it as it comes and i i think so many of us feel this need to either especially the male male dynamic we we feel this real need to impress or satisfy the needs of our fathers a lot of the times and, <laughs> yes <laughs> and we 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 often lose sight of where we are 
I just like you said, you know, you said before you initially started playing football because of your dad, and then you didn't, you weren't really in love with football until later on. And I think a lot of men do that in, you know, starting off, we we just seek the approval of our, you know, our our parents, and do whatever it is that makes them happy without putting our opinions and what we really want into into play. Now. What what did it look like for you? Because just a couple months ago, you you retired from the NFL, and you, you, like we said, you went on another path. What did that look like for you, just personally, as far as your dynamic with your dad? Were you kind of on the fence about it, or were you just were you certain, like, hey, I, I need to I need to cut this, and I need to do and pursue <laughs> what I need to do. Uh, it was a lot of fear at first with the transition, <clears throat> even though half of me knew that this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of identity and you know playing 16 years doing that, and what is it? You're gonna lose the people that follow you and support you. You're gonna you're afraid of all of these things that are conjuring up in your mind, right? It goes back to seeking the approval and what is going to fill that, and then you recognize like if the people follow you for what you do and not who you are, then you're with the wrong people. Right. And that was the huge wake up after this three week limbo phase I was in. And so honestly, when I decided to take that leap of faith, which was to drop ball, and then somehow I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get all the way across the country because I met this girl um, who's my current girlfriend and she like came out of nowhere that the universe set up as well. And yeah. somehow I managed to get across the country with the finances yeah. that are like, like damn near zero, if not, have no money. And everything worked out. Every time that I decided to let go, surrender, and just trust the universe, keep that positive mindset, things would show up, man, in the craziest ways. Like, <laughs> I cannot, yeah. I mean, and here I am, you know, I've been here since December 3rd, and it's April 24th, and every single day is like a week long, and every week feels like a month, and every month is a whole year of just development and progress, and it's truly been something so amazing, and I'm so blessed and grateful that every time I just jump off that cliff and just trust in the universe, oh my God, it yeah. responds, man. And the universe, source, God, Allah, Muhammad, Buddha, all of it, whatever you believe in, it's like, I'm a fan yeah. of all faiths, all deities. It's like, they will respond. Just trust and believe. That's what faith is to me. And so that transition is, yeah, it's been a difficult one, but I'm the happiest I've been in my entire life. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I love that man. Now, now I'm excited because I want to. I want really want to hear. This is the part I really wanted to hear. As much as I wanted to hear about your past and everything, but your present day has got me so yes. excited because I, I, I want to learn more. I really want to be the student here. So, Devin, take us through what you're doing now and all you know everything you're doing right now because I know you know I've heard bits and pieces of everything you're doing now. But share with everyone else what exactly you're working on now, what all this looks like for your future here. So I'm going to try and keep it really small and short and sweet. Thank you again, everybody that's been listening for this long. Like I really just appreciate you all. Seriously, I don't know yeah. who you are, but just the fact that you're here, Like again, thank you all. Like, Absolutely. Ryan, thank you again for having me, man. Absolutely. Um, with this being said, I started the idea of Amplify Yourself because all I believe is like all you need is you, and I learned that from some fellow birdmen is what I call them. Um, the foot doctor, big shout out to those guys. They were helping me with footwork and I call them, they're definitely aliens for sure. And, <laughs> but this idea of amplifying, sneeze on the truth, amplifying yourself. 
And it starts with the crystal. Just need the truth again. And so one thing at a time, I noticed that there are three components to the self. There's the physical, there's the spiritual, the energetic, the spirit, and then the mental and emotional. And so three is my favorite number, and triangles are one of the most powerful structures in the world. So I'm like, okay. So I'm out here in L.A., and I'm studying for my NASM to become a personal, certified personal trainer, just really, really hone in and teach people what I've learned, not only through Green Bay, but have the certain, maybe fine-tune what I know from 16 years of football training. Yeah. And yeah. giving that to people and training them and with crystals, with energy, with the mindset that it's more than just lifting weights. It's more than just pumping iron. And so that's one component. The second is I do energy therapy and crystal therapy as well. So basically, if you feel heavy, you have you feel like you're stuck in life, you're blocked, you just can't move, you don't know which direction to go, your, your head is foggy, I kind of remove the energy that's in front of them and re-spark, reignite, and create this clear channel, this flow state for them so that they can go in the place that they be and they can feel in that amplified state to achieve what they want because that's the state that people are allowed to feel all the time. And it's kind of like a checkup, to be honest. Um, like yeah. you go to a doctor, it's like an energetic checkup. And so there's the spiritual, uh, energetic side. And the third component is motivational speaking. So I try to inspire and I'm learning to progress and develop talks. I had a, my first talk, thankfully, a couple of weeks ago at a, a, on an anti-bullying rally and just trying to get a voice out and be a leader to people at such yeah. a young age. And again, to coach people as well. Like I do little personal sessions and we'll give them card readings and also give my two cents on the, my life experiences and trying to help people again, deal with the mental <clears throat> and emotional aspects of what they deal with. And then it's all circled by the backstory, the background of like becoming an actor as well and having these opportunities on a TV show, hopefully that's coming up in a, a month or so. And just having these four components um, is my new venture because I want to make such a dent in the world and let people know that they have the ability to achieve what they want and go after what they want and to stop the let go of like the approval and lack of self-love that they have for self and if i can just give that to people and help them with tools and give them checkups and kind of develop this program where eventually they don't need me anymore they have it all on their own i mean that's what i want and i know that i can give that to everybody it's just i took that leap of faith and yeah this is what i'm doing that's beautiful man now Take take us back a little bit here. You're you're big and you're you're very popular, and the people reason found out about you was because of hard knocks and through what intrigued me too was through the use of the crystals. Now, first off, where, where did you where did you find out about them? First off, second off, give us a little insight on maybe how new people can get started. What why are they important? What you know why is this useful in our lives? Okay, so where I started it, it was in Green Bay, and my mom was in crystals for about five to six years now at the time. I'm a scientist at the time. I'm reading Christianity. I was developing this relationship with Yeshua, or Jesus, and I was told to put the Bible down. So I, like, by spirit, in meditation, put the Bible down. I was getting very frustrated, and so I'm trusting spirit, and then I'm told to read this book, In a Meditation, Energy Bus, John Gordon. I start reading it. Boom, mindset starts changing, multiplied, and then serendipitously, I have my bye week and I go home to my mom and she takes me to my first crystal store, Time for Karma. And there I go into the store and I pick up the stone. I feel heat off of it. And mm. all of a sudden I 
create this little like moment with it. And then I felt balance because my mind was all over the place emotionally and spiritually, energetically all over. Like the stress level, the pressure I had, the anxiety I had was all time low. And so to have that experience and put the crystal down and felt it go away and then pick it back up and have the sensation again, I was like, okay, there's the third thing. There's, I'm right on time. And from there, it kind of took off where I grabbed a bunch of crystals and had this like crystal high. Yeah. And I became a believer in it. And from there, it transformed my life and the trajectory. And when I didn't listen to spirit and when I didn't use the crystals and I didn't appreciate the tools that were in front of me, my life became hard again. And so learning back and forth every time, if I don't do what's available, use what's in front of me, that truly has helped me greater than anything else. Meditation listening to spiritual guidance, crystal vibration, my life began to fall apart. And the scientific thing behind crystals is that I don't have the whole breakdown of it. I've read it, but however, crystals are a vibration. And how I look at them is the analogy I give is they're like a song, is you listen to a song and it has a, an intention for you. It has like this array of things that it's going to give you. It's going to give you lyrics, which is a message. And every time you listen to that message, it may hit you in a different way, maybe a reminder. It's going to create a sensation and a vibe that you feel when you want to go work out. Say you want to focus. Say you want to fall asleep, be at peace. Maybe you want to rage. You want to like amp it up. You just need energy. There's a song for that. There's a yeah. message that it has. It has an intention. And so the same way are for crystals. And oh, by the way, it's natural. And yeah. each crystal is its own soul, it's its own spirit, it's its own entity. And I know it sounds far-fetched, but trust me, I've had all the skepticism that you could possibly think of. <laughs> yeah. And the more that I surrendered to it and allowed that energy to flow, the more information I received, the more it was able to help and heal me physically with my physical ailments, the pains, the aches, my mental mind state, my, my emotional self, when I needed to focus, when I needed to work out, when I needed help to fall asleep, when I needed answers. I got that all through crystals and meditation and spirit. And then it helped keep my energy alive. So it's like, I'm not asking to say that you need it. I'm just saying these are tools again to amplify the greatest crystal, which is you. Mm. They're there to help remove the things that are inhibiting you from being the most amplified version. And then they're, they're also there to amplify what is already a strength, what is already great. And so why not use them? Why not? Why go to caffeine all the time and not that I don't drink coffee why go to drugs why go escape in ways when allowing something that actually will genuinely help assist remove that depression amplify your focus amplify motivation take away the negative energy change the environment that you're in it'll be a process and if you're willing to go through that journey well they're there and readily available for you to use and to go about finding that I suggest strongly my opinion is going into a crystal store that was my experience. I prefer to feel hands-on whether I like a crystal, get a good vibe from a crystal or not. Or I get a good vibe from a store, crystal store or not. But being hands-on and experiencing it yourself and being open to that, that's the best way. 70% of what we learn is through your experiences. 20% is through what we're told and knowledge and the last 10% is innate. Kind of what we just instinctually know. And so if 70% is such a strong experience, well then go out and do it. That's the best way that I suggest. And let me be that advocate that it, I'm telling you, having the religious background and nothing against religion again. Like I love all religions, 
they're different. They all have different messages, different guides, different teachers, different ways of guiding us through life. And for me, it was a stepping stone. And so having that background, having the scientific background with stem cell research and needing scientific hard fact, physics and <clears throat> chemistry, that's what I needed. And then having the skepticism further of playing in the most hyper-masculine sport and this is considered feminine or too soft or woo-woo, whatever those thoughts and stereotypes are out there. I've had all the skepticism. I've had all the questions. And this is what's transformed my life. Like I mentioned before, when I first was introduced to you, it was shortly after my mom passed. And like I said, I was super impressionable at the time. And when I saw you on Hard Knocks, I, and with the crystals, I was just, you know, I was seeking something, something to help, help me, something to change my life, if you will. So I, I took a plunge while I'm sitting there watching you. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And I remember texting my girlfriend. I was like, Emily, this is going to sound weird. But I think I'm going to start getting into crystals. <laughs> and I was waiting for a response because she, she's usually, you know, very supportive. But at the same time, I figured she would kind of be like, what the hell are you smoking? What are you, what are you talking about? And but I kid you not. And then I went on to a website that I know you promote a lot, Energy Muse. I was just looking around. And at first, I didn't know what the heck I was looking for. And then I saw, I saw the crystal uh, Labradorite. I bought a small piece of it that has, like, no joke. I've kept, and I'm holding it now. I, I've kept it with me, like, every day since I bought it, those several months ago. Dude, it's like it's really is like a good luck piece. I use it when I meditate in the morning. I whenever I'm frustrated at work, like I just recently had a job change where I got into a little more of a stressful position, and I just like I will close my eyes and hold on to it for a minute, take a couple deep breaths, and but no, I love that man. I feel what is it. it? Hold on, I just didn't hear what was the stone you got. Labradorite. Yes, Labradorite. Yes, that's you. <laughs> that was also one of my first stones. Yes, it was in this first little batch. That's there's something so entrancing about it, and I'm looking at it going, and I I started reading about it, and I was like, man, this is exactly what I need. (laughs) And I bought it. I kid you not, it's it's in my hand right now, and I've had it in my hand and in my pocket for the last like, uh, it's probably close to a year now. But, dude, so I love that, my guy. That's so awesome. (laughs) When I ask you about it, I'm also sincerely like interested, and I'm interested. I'm interested for other people to learn about it too because I I bought mine on a whim and to be quite perfectly honest with you I'm not sure that I understand it completely other than the energy they emit and I know this is one that I carry with me all the time but what 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 do you, what am I trying to ask you what do you take think Take a moment yeah take a moment <laughs> Yeah I'm getting so entranced even just looking at this thing and like where seeing you originally and where this labrador has taken me thus far like mentally now, for people starting off, starting off getting into crystals that they're interested in, where would you, what kind of resources would you steer them to? Is there a crystal or two or three that you would, you know, recommend for people starting off? What, what, what do you think? For online, I honestly, like I love energymuse.com. Um, yes, it's a little pricey because it's over here in California. However, when I received some of their stuff, they were... I mean, I literally felt the vibration out of the box. It was like, wow. Um, so that's the online that I would, the only online thing that I would select. Honestly, my stones have come from Mount Shasta. So when I was up north, um, the Crystal Keeper specifically, I love him. The dude's name is Josh. Big shout out to him if you're ever up there in Shasta. 
if you're in Santa Cruz, uh, go to Capitola area. Um, I love that area. I've gotten some from there. Time for Karma in New York may feel a little more dense over there because the density of New York is differently. And mm. when I was in um, Kenny Bunkport, Maine, um, what should I call it? It's called the Zen. It's called Zen. Um, right in downtown, small town, and that's where I've kind of gotten most of mine. And then a little bit in um, Cleveland, Ohio, the Goddess Elite that has helped me. So I've gone mainly in in house. I've gone to those places. I've gone to stores. So wherever you are locally. Look up metaphysics stores, crystal stores, change the names of the verbiage of whatever works. And if you feel good enough to look at the, the photo gives you a good enough vibe to go do it and go do it. If you are scared of doing it, definitely go do it. Other than if the vibe is really like, actually, this place is just really shady. But I mean, yeah. like if you're afraid of doing it, I ask you to take that leap because when you break through that fear, then you receive that much power that's lying behind the wall of fear. So take that leap. But I, again, I suggest really anywhere that's local to you. Just go and check them out. Just experience a few. And even when you go and travel, or if you're anywhere else, if you can find a local store, look it up. Check it out. Try it out. The only way, again, the best way of doing it is going through experiencing it yourself. Mm. And just be open. Just be open to it. Because you will, just like turning, you can mute your ears, right, and not listen to that song. It'll still affect you, but not nearly as much as if you allow your ears to be open and allow that vibration to go through and the mission that it has for you and the intention that it has for you. Yeah. Now, what are what are some, you know, either beginner crystals or crystals you. you think have a really big impact on you personally that you would recommend for people? Blue kyanite, I feel like everyone should have. It okay. is a blue stone. It absorbs negativity. It absorbs stress, anxiety and depression and then reinstills the energy that it's taking away with calmness and peace. It's very soothing mm. and I mean, everyone deals with a level of stress, and I have this giant chunk that I carry around for the most part, and it keeps me calm. And even when I'm calm and peaceful, I like it to just keep reinforcing that and amplify that peace that I have. So blue kyanite, and that's K-Y-A-N-I-T-E. Uh, second one that I would recommend is tiger's eye. I like to use tiger's eye for a lot of focus, concentration, and balancing of the physical self. It's mm. like a... I mean, every, these are common stones, but uh, again, huge punch, uh, chunks of tiger's eyes help me again to bring in that physical endurance, physical focus, concentration, and be strong with who I am as that person. Um, third one that I would suggest, fluorite, my very first stone. It's really good for balancing the emotional and the mental self. So if you're going through, again, combining that with glucionite in a way would help, um, but really centering the mind, really centering the spirit and self and rebalancing the polarities that are within you to bringing to light peace and whatever the issues that you're dealing with, it'll help you handle those situations with a much better mindset than, again, the high stress or feeling all over the sorts. So blue kyanite, tiger's eye, and fluorite. Um, it's in either green, purple, rare and blue um, forms, the fluorite, by the way. Okay. That's so, yeah. awesome. I'm I'm definitely as soon as we get off this call, I know I'm definitely about to check them out. So <laughs> I, I if anybody is listening is even curious, like like I said, when I got my Labradorite, dude, I, I don't know, like and like I said, I still need to do a lot of learning about it, but dude, something there's some, something to it, man, for sure. And I I'm sure a lot of people listen to you say it sometimes and you know, are skeptical, but dude, there really is just this like honing effect that they give you and this real mental clarity. So I, I love it. Now, 
my next question for you as my resident crystal expert what do you think about like the sizes of crystals does the size matter necessarily i would say it doesn't necessarily matter my preference is larger crystals just because i like to feel more energy and fun with more energy um small crystals definitely do pack a very solid punch not gonna lie so don't underestimate the size of the crystal um, for me, I feel like I have to clear smaller crystals a little more frequently just because of their size. Um, however, again, the larger crystals in some ways have a lot more energy because of their physical stature. It's just whatever is your preference, to be honest. Like, you'll feel it out. I just prefer larger ones. Gotcha. Now, what kind of resources would you recommend for people that do want to get more, you know, more out of it? Is there a website, a book that you would recommend? Honestly, I just created a website that gives a general outline um, because that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to give people either a direction for like how to use them. I have a little outline or here are some basic crystals that if you're drawn to these things, write them down and go after them. Um, And my website is just dkajuice.com. And also, if you have any questions, reach out to me on Instagram, devincajuice86. Shoot me a message or last but not least, an email uh, at kajuice.devin at gmail so all of it's my name so it's i'm not trying to make it complicated it's really hard at all um so again if you have any other further questions and just shoot me a message and i'll do my best to answer them in an orderly fashion that's beautiful man and i gotta say for anybody listening that is thinking yeah but if i send this guy a dm like is he really gonna get back to me Devin is super good about getting back to you so <laughs> don't don't be shy reach out he is a super genuine dude so Thank for you. sure Absolutely, man. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about before I let you go here is your, like you said, your website and everything you're starting to offer. So take us through either in person or online, what kind of services you offer, services you provide? Yeah, so I do crystal grids. Um, I'll do outlines with my crystals and then I'll take a picture with them. Um, I do have a DSLR camera, so the quality is high. And it's all married about your intention. So pictures capture vibration and marry the intention that you have in the vibration of the grid that's made. And then when I ask you to look at it and meditate it, meditate on it so that you recreate that vibration within you become that vibration. Um, I've had many people use it. So again, if you're a giant skeptic, awesome. Like you're not ready. That's fine too. Many people have helped that it's worked. So I offer that. And then second is energy healing, energy healing sessions and I'll have you lay on a table or it's absentee so you can be wherever you are in the world. And because everything is connected by energy, I will remove those blockages from you. Whatever your intention is, the healing will evolve around that. And again, I'm just a conduit. You are the healer. So if you Mm. want a healing and you block that, I can't do anything about it. I can't force you to do anything. I can't force your healing. It's you're the healer. I just have this giant tunnel and toolbox for that to allow that type of healing to come through. And... Then, yeah, last but not least, just energy coaching uh, I'm working on recently and kind of guiding people on how to evolve and bring and incorporate crystals and energy and meditation and spirituality in your everyday life without the whole hippy-dippy thing. It's, again, they're just tools that are there to amplify you. It's not to, you don't have to become one with the trees and you don't have to, you know, go out in nature and, you know, eat one meal every day. It's not, you don't have to do that. You're not meant for that all the time. And, And those that have that niche, it's awesome. That's their niche. But that's not all that it is. Mm. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Now, my last Thank question you. for you, brother, before I let you go. Now, 
the podcast Lose Weight Create Life. I'm all about creating new life and creating new experiences for people. Take us through three things, maybe that, like you said, either that you do in rotation or maybe you do daily, three routines, three practices that you think people should, if they're not already, start doing to really enhance their lives. I'm going to make it as vague as possible because, again, everyone has their own color of what will work for them. Absolutely. Um, so the biggest thing is you got to give yourself at least 30 minutes. I'd say an hour. Well, let's start small. 30 minutes that you got to dedicate to yourself. You need that time to decompress, do nothing, and that's not watch Netflix. That's not go on Instagram and scroll aimlessly. That's not fill the space up with something else. It's 30 minutes for you diving in to self. Um, I feel like that's uh, the more that you spend time with yourself, the more that you can learn about yourself and the more that you can deal with the emotions that are holding you back and the more that you can evolve into the person that you want to be because you're dedicating that time solely to you. Um, honestly, and then two other things. I, dang. Go out and I would say learn. Do something that you can learn whether that be having a conversation with somebody, meeting something, meeting someone, reading, listening to a podcast, go and watch a documentary, but something that is informative in the positive, not just, again, aimless information. It literally means something that you enjoy, something that you like, or something that you don't know. But go out and find a way to learn something. Spend the next 30 minutes doing that, so that equates to an hour. And you're like, oh, I don't have that time in the day. I'm like, I bet you if I look at your screen time, how often you're on Instagram or how often that you're watching Netflix or how often you're wasting the time in a way, chasing other people's dreams or expectations, chasing what someone else is doing, or again, trying to deal with the, the lower energy that you feel. Cause again, I understand it. You want to escape from the situations that you're in. So let's redirect that and recreate a habit that something will actually benefit you. And I know it may be hard and I'm not knocking you for the state that you're in. I'm just trying to be the tough love right now that I feel like hopefully is a push to you. It's like, you can do this and you deserve it for the sake of you. So go do something about it. And that means taking action. So making time for self and going something to do that's learning and educating to you, either on a topic that you love or just aimlessly. And the third thing, dang, I would say creating an I am list. This has helped me tremendously. Writing in your phone on a pad, writing I am, and whatever those things are, even if you don't believe you are those things, that's putting it in your face that you are deserving and worthy of those things. So I am loved. I am, say you want money, $100 million. Although you don't have it, you want to bring the things that you don't have into existence by saying it now. I am $100 million. I am strong. I am confident. I am not anxious anymore. If you are anxious, I am stress-free. Just creating a list of the things that you are, the things that you don't believe but are definitely are worthy of, and the things that you would desire. Just creating that list and having it on a notepad and looking at that for even just three minutes every day and have that list extend and grow and grow and grow, I think is very important. I, I love that, man. I'm, you've, you've inspired me, man. I'm definitely going to start doing that because that's, that's incredible. I've never heard it done that way. That's amazing. Thanks, De- Devin, I want to take a second here and recognize you, man. Dude, you're, you're such an incredible person. You're so humble and just generous with your time. I'm so grateful again to have you here today. Um, I'm so I'm so excited to see what you're going to do going forward because <laughs> I know it's going to be incredible. And I, I know every, every life you, you're going to touch is going to come out better on the other end. And I'm 
just so excited for you, man, and this new journey you're taking. So congratulations to you, man. I'm looking forward to your future here. I got to say, too, if you're not doing guided meditations already, you need you have like the most soothing voice. You, <laughs> and that that would be incredible to hear, to, to have you be a, a guide for meditation. So, but Devin, much love, man. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me today. And I'm just so grateful. And I'm sure so many people are going to be impacted by your words today. Thank you, guy. I really appreciate you having me on. And again, thank you to everyone that's listening. Um, I hope I sparked some positive and negative emotions within you because those are things that I feel like you deserve to either let go, get rid of, face, endure, and also embrace, love, amplify, and enjoy. Um, with that being said, much love to everyone. And thank you again, Ryan. I appreciate you, Devin. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you again to Devin for joining us today. Again, the reason I was so excited to have him on is because he's got such an interesting story from his ups and downs with the NFL to really creating a brand new life for himself, pursuing his passion and going all in on his dreams. I love that aspect about him. And I just love his mindset. I think there's so much of what he talks about and what he says mindset wise that we can really bring in and take into our everyday lives. If you enjoyed today's message, please feel free to share this with a friend, someone you feel this message may be of use to. And in case you haven't been told this today, remember, you are worth your dreams.